1: Hi everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network and The X-Zone Broadcast Network coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Cece the Huntress, as she is known as... Actually, Cece Carroll is our guest. She's also known as the Queen of the Paranormal, the Mistress of the Unknown, the New Queen of Darkness, and the sexiest ghost hunter on the planet. Hmm. Cece Carroll is a paranormal huntress. as She uses everything she has in her arsenal, spiritually to scientific, that is, to track, hunt spirits, and heal them. And uh, her comparison to Elvira as the new Queen of Darkness makes her smile. And Cece's own words, and this is a quote, There's only one Elvira. She is the sexiest woman I've ever seen. To be compared uh, to her is truly a compliment. One thing I will cherish for a lifetime, but my work is serious and I am real uh, thorough and I am real through and through. Not as an actress for show. I've been this way all my life. Cece was born a clairvoyant and uh, has the ability to communicate with spirit, world, unmasked over time. Now, now listen, Cece, first of all, welcome to the X-Zone. It's great having you with us. And um, Cece the Huntress, the Queen of the Paranormal, the Mistress of the Unknown, new Queen of Darkness, and the sexiest ghost hunter on the planet. Which one do you like best?
2: Well... Let me just clarify something. The sexiest ghost hunter on the planet was not by my own making. Trust me with this one. I um, have my website app, and I have different. I have a Facebook account and a mm-hmm. MySpace. And somebody posted that, and next thing you know, it just took off. It had legs of its own, and um, that's what they just started calling me. And I guess I don't look like the ordinary ghost hunter. I, I kind of, I like to pretty myself up. I don't mind wearing makeup and a skirt and. Um, You know, stuff like that. I'm more on the feminine side. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it detracts any of, uh, you know, my credentials or anything. It's just that I I, I like being feminine, and I don't mind showing it. I don't really care for the T-shirts and the hats to cover your face, and uh, that's it. Hey,
1: I agree with you 100%. Uh, Thank you. Tell me, Cece, what was the first sign that you were clairvoyant?
2: The first sign that I was clairvoyant... Um, I'm going to have to tell you, I believe it started at birth, and I know you're going to hear this from a lot of psychics and a lot of people in the paranormal field. They'll say that I, I had it at birth or it was a, yeah. you know, death experience. But truly, I actually grew up this way, and my grandmother, um, Polish, uh, we used to call her babcia my, mm-hmm. my grandfather, Jaju. Well, Babci used to um, interpret dreams, and she had this ability to, to foretell things, and I honestly could do it in the same way she could, and I thought everybody else could, too. I, I didn't realize it until I got older and out of that cocoon of a you know, the Polish family all wrapped around you, and I realized um, that, no, in, in fact, I was an oddity, and I um, was poked fun at and stuff like that, and I suppressed it for a while, and then I just couldn't suppress it anymore. and just said, oh, heck with it. I, I'm original. I'm, I'm myself, and I'm just going to embrace, you know, the gifts that God gave me. Uh, whatever they are,
1: is it hard being a clairvoyant in today's society, or is it getting a lot easier these days?
2: I think if you're, a, um, I don't, I'm not really sure how to answer that. I think with all of the the things going on in the paranormal industry, and mm-hmm. I think we're oversaturated with it. I believe it makes it harder being a clairvoyant trying to make a professional living out of it as far as advertising and, you know, having that market or that branding, because there's so many people out there claiming to be clairvoyant, whether they are or not. I honestly don't know. I do know for me, it's a little bit different. I do have a branding. I do have a different type of approach and a different type of look. Mm -hmm. And as far as me um, being a clairvoyant in in today's society, uh, people clamor to me instead of, um, staying away for the um, oversaturation of of the business. So I seem to be doing fine and growing leaps and bounds where, where others are are failing. So I'm going to have to say it's good for me.
1: All right. Stand by, Cece. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back uh, shortly. Cece Carol's our special guest exonation, www.ccthehuntress.com. That's the alphabet C, the alphabet C. T H E H U N T R E S S. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the Talkstar Radio Network and the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away. C.C. Carroll's my special guest this hour, So Nation. Her website is www.ccthehuntress.com. C.C., how has being able to see parts of the future affected your personal life?
2: Well, I know if my boyfriend's cheating on me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they can't get away with a damn thing when they're around me. Good for you. <laughs> I know you. that. Um, I just I have an, a, an intuition about people. I can mm-hmm. I can take a look at them and you don't want to say size them up, but you you get a feel for maybe what their inner personality or inner spirit is like, and therefore you can kind of judge. Um, it, it's not the old adage you can judge a book by its cover because sometimes you can't do mm-hmm. that. But right. for some reason I have an uncanny knack of just looking at you and watching your gestures to know what type of person you may or may not be. Now, now the other thing is this went before I used to be a police officer in Lawrence, Massachusetts for a few years. Mm -hmm. I graduated um, Northeast regional police Institute. And um, of course they teach you all that kind of stuff, how to read people, how to watch their movements, how to this and that. But this ability came uh, long before that. And I, and I do shy away from people. I'm very courteous, but I will shy away from something that I, don't feel it's right and I bet you rob yourself that you know you you get in a room with somebody and somebody just gives you a bad vibe and that's your intuition coming into effect right there. Well
1: you see I'm I'm an ex-cop too And, and, and I'll tell you something that the intuition played a big part in in my policing because I never doubted my intuition I did when I was a kid but as I grew up I learned to trust my gut feelings and I remember one time, CC, we were, we were cruising along the, uh, the main road, and it was, it was about three o'clock in the morning, and, and this car passes us, and, and I told my partner, I said, turn the car around and pull him over. He said, what for? I said, just do it. And then my partner and I had been together for years, so he said, okay. Pulled the guy over, and I said, you know, got out of the cruiser, and I was talking to him, and I said, well, so what are you doing in town this time of night? He said, now listen to this as a, as a lame excuse. Well, I'm an Electrolux salesman, and I'm just scouting out the new territory, and I said, okay. Hmm. I said, well, would you mind if we took a look in your car? He said, no, I'll even open my trunk for you. Okay.
2: Oh, really? So he opens <laughs> That's his... It's a dead giveaway. Yeah, he
1: opens his trunk, Cece, and he's got vacuum cleaners in them. And he says, there you go. He's satisfied, officer. I said, do you mind if I take a look inside your vacuum cleaners? He said, why? And that old gut feeling, but. Ba-doing, 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 ba-doing. Well, to make a long story short, in one vacuum cleaner, we found handguns. In another vacuum cleaner, we found uh, narcotics. You know, it was like... Wow. Yeah, it's that gut feeling that, you, that you'd that you have, you know, or, or where you'd pull over the car and you'd, you knew that you were getting a snow job because your gut feeling, your intuition was saying, nah, this is all right, and, wrong.
2: And, and that's something that no one can teach you. You are inherently born with this. And it goes back... When we were like cave people and men were out there, you know, gathering the food and hunting, women were taking care of their kids, and instinctually danger would be all around them and they would know where it was and they would need yep. to use that intuition to guard off or to hunt or to be competitive, whatever it might have been. But then, you know, over the transition of time and how we've developed. A lot of people seem to go, oh, poo-poo at it. But um, I would have to say the vast majority of people, if, they, um, if they're in their car, they'll, they'll say, I'm not going down that street. Or mm-hmm. I should have went another way. I knew I was going to run into something, and yet there was no reason for it. So the vast majority of people do have an instinct, and they should trust it more.
1: Cece, what's it like communicating with those who have passed?
2: Comforting extremely comforting and, and you know yourself when you've had a, a loved one pass away or a, or a pet and well, wouldn't it be great just to kind of close your eyes yeah. and, and maybe maybe smell their scent or, or feel them near you or, or just look at them again and, and this is an ability and I honestly teach people this and they ask me well how do you see these people do you see them like in black and white in color or like a movie going by and I tell them I see them exactly the way you do. If, if, if you just think about what your grandparent looked like or what that person or animal looked like and think of all the intricacies of that picture, what does that look like to you? Could you recognize your grandmother? Yes. It's like in technicolor. That's how I see it. As everybody else would see it, that's how I see them.
1: But Cece, how do you turn it on and off? You know, you're, you're clairvoyant, you're a medium. My, my heavens, you know, if you don't have some way of saying, guys, that's enough, you, you'd you be inundated with the spirit world 724-365.
2: Well, you know what? The thing is, not so much inundated, um, when the spirits contact you or Earth. Let's say if they contact you or someone else, mm-hmm. or even me, it's for a specific reason. I don't really get inundated. I think um, I don't know if other psychics do. Some some say they do. I don't know if that's real or not. But um, it's not that I shut it off. It's that I maybe ignore it, or I have to work with somebody that I Is may it? have a bad intuition about, but I'm forced to have to you know sit next to them and work with them and be polite and professional you know? so yeah i'll shut it off then so i i don't want to know anymore you know and um but uh the intuition part com- comes into play a lot with that and um did i answer your question okay
1: yeah you certainly did you certainly did um what makes you different than other ghost hunters
2: Well, the thing that makes me different than other ghost hunters is, number one, I hunt for the spirit world alone. I don't go with a team of people, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to say that that's bad, and I'm not going to say that that's good. The only thing I can add to that is that I cannot see how people with large teams or teams in general can get the evidence that they get. I can't see a ghost coming out and saying boo when there's a room full of people. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I like to be intimate and up close with the spirit world. I have one videographer and I do take him and maybe an assistant. That is the maximum. And we also do things that are different. We go places that nobody dares to go, and that would be in caves, train tunnels, under homes. Uh, looking for the underground railroad, like the safe houses for them, uh, that is, that houses slaves. And we go on horseback up mountains. We go down ski slopes. We go places that a crew or a team would not be able to go. And we have this filmed. Uh, either it's a live investigation or docu formatted. The other thing that makes me different is um, I don't look like a typical ghost hunter. I actually, you know. I like to be feminine. Yeah. I'm not afraid to wear that well, that's, what you were sa- that's what you were saying before is
1: that, you know, you don't go for the T-shirt and the baseball cap. And I and I, and I admire no, I that. Not. That's great. I have to ask you this. You, you're in the industry. Yes. So many shows on TV. All right. And, I, I you know, I, I don't want to name the ones on A&E, like Penn State, Psychic Kids, and all those other ones because I, I don't believe in promoting them, so I won't say their names.
2: <clears throat> okay. Go ahead. You know what? I?
1: People say, do you watch those shows, Rob? I say, yeah, I did once. I found them so funny and so farcy, I don't watch them anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Why do people want to watch a show that is so blatantly
2: phony? Well, because I'm going to tell you, the general public does not know the falseness or the fakeness or the phoniness within those programs, all they know is what what they're told. Now, if you had a paranormal group, a paranormal person with knowledge and education of the paranormal, they watch it, they pick up on everything. So basically, um, they're not singing to the choir. They're singing to the general public, who are not knowledgeable in this field and do not know, and therefore... I'm not going to say they're being duped in some way, but I do not watch those shows at no, all but... because I, I try to have an independent thinking product and, and that, that's what makes me mm-hmm. different as well. And also I, I always heal the spirits at the end of my quest uh, or my investigation. I hate it when they, they find these ghosts or spirits or whatever, and they tell you, well, you got a ghost. We'll see you next week. Well, Okay, you're going to leave me at home with this thing? What are you going to do for me? Yeah. And I like to present a complete product where I not only I use um, you know some ancient tools like candles, dowsing rods, and things like that because they didn't have electricity 200 years ago. So I use those elements to show people that you can use tools from your own home to find the spirit world. Then I use um, the high-tech stuff that we have because I think people are all into that. And I, I find the spirit, locate them, present a healing based on the his, history of the home and get involved with the spirit, know a little bit about their background. Their
0: Duncan Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day with more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment, even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> What a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers, like new Mango Pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. Privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply to stop, opt-out. Stop, stop.
4: The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level.
0: I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school.
4: 32, Thirty-two. text kid to 32, 32, 32
2: spiritual background what were their beliefs uh what happened at that time that I, that i could present a healing that right. would be efficient enough to bring some comfort and calm the area down then i go back and retest to see if the levels have changed so my programming is a lot
1: Well, it seems that we lost a Exo Nation. We'll uh, try and hook up with her on the other side of this commercial break. This is what happens when you tick spirits off. And, uh, yeah, my producers are telling me, yes, Rob, we did lose CC. So we'll uh, grab a hold of her on the other side of this break. This is the X a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. And um, I I don't know why that's keep on going. All right, we were able to uh, get uh, figure out what was wrong there, so we're going to uh, take a commercial break here with the news at the bottom of the hour. When we come back, we'll have CeCe Carroll back with us as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We have found this happens, Exonation when people are on the show who are very clairvoyant. They have a very strong magnetic uh, charge around them, and most clairvoyants who are legitimate do. So this is one way that we can tell you that C.C. Carol is the real thing. Once again, if you'd like to uh, visit her website, it's www.ccthehuntress.com. That's www.ccthehuntress.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon, and we're coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Our toll-free number worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com and our website www.xzoneradiotv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. www.thexzonestore.com. Cece Carroll is back with us. I told you, Nation, when you get a powerful clairvoyant on or someone who has a strong electromagnetic personality like uh, Cece does, these things do happen. Her website is www.ccthehuntress.com Welcome back, Cece, and I was wondering if you could tell us about your book, Ghosts and Legends of the Merrimack Valley. Yes, I can, and boy, I'd love
2: to. History Press contacted me, and I was so honored that they asked me to write a book for their haunted um, it's called the Haunted America series. Mm-hmm. And the reason they asked me, out of all the people out here, like I said, it's a highly competitive industry, is because I do stick to the historical facts and documentation when it comes to presenting my paranormal, my paranormal television shows, or the events that I conduct. I stay based in factual history, science, and spirituality, and I don't Mm -hmm. deviate. And so they were thinking of somebody and looking at sites and looking at people and looking at information and thought I would fit the bill and swung a contract my way, which is very nice. And so I got paid to write the book. And so it's called Ghosts and Legends of the Merrimack Valley. And the Merrimack Valley, which they didn't realize at that time, they thought it was a small little regional area. It's not. It's it's. It encompasses two complete states, from the White Mountains of New Hampshire all the way down to uh, the ocean in Massachusetts. And what I wrote about was the inception of the Merrimack Valley with the factual history that goes with it and the paranormal undertones of rumors and legends and brought that all to fruition in a nice a nice book. And you can get it at my website, cc or you can go to Amazon or Borders Bookstore or anywhere um, like that. But if you order it through me, you'll probably get it quicker than you would be doing because I usually send it out turnarounds the same day. But the, the book is filled with um, businesses. I tried to stay where we could promote local commerce, mm-hmm. places you could actually go and visit, like Canopy Lake Hall, the dance hall theater. Canby Lake Hall is, um, or Lake Amusement Park, is one of the oldest amusement parks in the United States. So they have uh, they had funny and share in there and they had all these people. And those pictures are inside the book. And I did not put in a place that you could not visit. Um, I, I don't like it when someone writes a book and says, well, it's a private residence. I can't tell you where it's located. As far as I'm concerned, I could have written that in my living room. Yeah, I could have exactly. made the whole thing up, yeah. you know. I'm serious. So, uh, what I wanted to do was so people could go and, and have commerce with other individuals. I'm a big promoter of charities and, and just kind of, um, you know, promoting everybody and cross-promoting. I think it's very important that we all support ourselves in small industries like this. And so the book is, is just filled with, with tales from the inception of the Merrimack Valley uh, to present day with the paranormal in it. We have Indian tales and legends and factual experiences we have tidbits of historical information where the river itself actually took a straight route from the White Mountains right down to Boston Harbor. But when the glaciers receded, Mm -hmm. that created a barrier and made the river turn a sharp left at Lowell, Massachusetts. And a lot of people don't know that. They thought that that was the formation of the river, but it's not. I took it way, way back, you know, and then brought it forward. And um, I even get a kick out of reading it. Like I'll go back and read it again going, well, I really like that part, you know. <laughs> so, I know it sounds crazy, but I do. And my kids were instrumental in taking the photographs in the book, and um, and that was just great. We made it a nice family event. And um, I hope people who are interested in history uh, like to read it. It's, it's not a, like a big techie book or heavy-worded book. It, it's me within the pages, the way I speak, the way I talk. The way people know me, uh, they'll get to know me a lot better through the reading of uh, the book.
1: Tell me, Cece, where are some of the most haunted places in the Merrimack Valley?
2: Well, I'm going to have to say, people ask me this all the time, is the scariest place? Yeah. And it, it is a little-known restaurant called Tortilla Flats. It's not a franchise. They have a franchise by that name out in Florida, but this is called Tortilla Flats. It's in Merrimack, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and it was one of the first times I had an experience where I could not walk into the room. Wow. It was a room upstairs. The house was built in 1756, and it was part of the Underground Railroad in time, mm-hmm. and we did a live investigation. We had the cameras on. We we'll got the Wi-Fi going, and we're up, up on the up, upper floors where no one's allowed because they closed it down. And there was one particular room where I just, I kept feeling something bouncing off of my shoulders as I was coming up the stairs and into the room. And I'm up, and you can see me on the video, I'm shushing it all away. And right. I went into the room and just turned around and left. And I tell the videographer, I'm not going back in. If you want to go in there and take some footage, go ahead. But when something tells you to stay the heck out of there, uh, well, I want to listen to them. <laughs> That's for sure. And, and just like, you know, you get a, a funny feeling and I'm sure some of the um, the listeners get a funny feeling like, I'm not going in that room or I, I don't want to go down that hallway or I don't want to do something. Don't do it. If it's that strong of intuition, don't do it. And, and I didn't do it. And it just creeped me out so much. And I'm not like other television shows where they run in fear or anything like that. I really don't get scared that often. But this just unnerved me uh, a lot. And so I tell that experience, and people go there and eat, and they go, "Oh, this place, it feels haunted. The whole place feels almost surreal when you walk in the door. It's a lot of uh, energy uh, going back and forth in there. I've been to adventurous places like the Hussack Tunnel, which is a five-mile train tunnel, through uh, the Hoosick Mountain, it spoke slightly different than the Hoosack uh, Tunnel. And I walked the entire five miles. Went uh, like to the two and a half mile uh, marker. Mm-hmm. They have a, a place called uh, Center Shaft. Also, right next to that, they got a place called the Husak Hotel, which was a little way area where people would rest if they walked and performed a healing there and left. Um, that was that was probably the most dangerous shoot we ever did because. Pan Am rail services said that gave us a specific time to go in. There'll be no trains going by. And lo and behold, there were two freight trains Holy cow. came by and they were going, they were going fast. You had to get out of the way. It was no joke. And I said, this is just not real. So when I, we contacted that, the rail service, like what, what's going on? They said, no, there were no trains scheduled. no trains went through there. And I'm like, I got it on tape. <laughs> so oh, it was quite bizarre, but, um, getting back to um, tortilla flats, I'd have to say that's probably the scariest place here that I have ever found.
1: Tell me, Cece, do you think there are people that fake paranormal events just to get noticed?
2: Excuse me, I I didn't hear you, paranormal events to just get noticed? Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know uh, several groups and and in fact um, I was part of a group that I don't even want to say where we were because I don't know who they are and We went into this place for a charity and I did it, uh, as long as the proceeds were going 100% to the charity, I'll do it for free. Just give me a little bit to eat and some gas money. I'm all set, you know? And, uh, I went there and did it and they've got like, I like to call it the dog and pony show going in one of the rooms and they have the EMF meters going off and they're talking to it and they're all this stuff. And I'm thinking something's wrong with this right away. I knew it. Mm -hmm. And But the general public did not know it because they're not experienced or educated in the terminology or the field or the scientific instruments. And I looked at the historian that was there, and I said, "Can you take me in the basement? And he did. And I went directly under the room and found a big electrical box. I said, there's your ghost. Unreal. And that was it. So I go back upstairs, and the guys are like, well, where were you? I said, in the basement directly under this floor, and their eyes got so big, like, are you going to rat us out now or what? And I, I let it go. and um, But those are the types of, of people that had it been for a charitable cause as, as significant as it was, I would have ratted them out in a heartbeat. But um, it, the money went to a great cause. It was a little bit different. People were so enjoying themselves, so that's different. And there's also groups that you know we find up here, um, not here, but in in New England in general, where one might pretend they're possessed by a devil, and another one might have to throw themselves on top of them to get the devil out. And you're like, you do this every night <laughs> to get tired. This stuff, <laughs> I know. But, you know, I, I just kind of laugh, and it's like, mm-hmm. God, I hope the same people don't come twice to your event because look what's going to happen. But Slowly, slowly, but surely, um, these people do get weeded out because they are um, they're fakers, you know, and that's that's not right, and that's hurting a lot of other people who have very good intentions um, to do things. I, I don't just go into an event to um, to like whip up ghosts or go on a ghost hunt. I try to go in and I always have a theme. Uh, We're having a a theme called the Exorcist event, March 18th, at a seafood restaurant here in um, Bedford, New Hampshire, called the Weather Vane. It's it's a nationally recognized chain and they're allowing me to come in. Now, the Exorcist event consists of never-seen-before footage of the actual interview of Father Gallagher back in 1974. Now, these clips are going to be combined with the exorcist movie to go back and forth to show where the mm-hmm. accuracies were in those uh, exorcisms that were performed. Now, Father Gallagher performed a few of those exorcisms that led to the book, that led to the movie with Linda Blair. Yeah. That's who Father Gallagher is, so if the um, listeners didn't know that. And so that's what we're doing. Not only that, we're having a representative from the clergy come in, and he's going to tell us exactly what an exorcism is. And then I'm going to give a paranormal demonstration. And then if they want, we can just hunt within the restaurant because it's, it's housed in a, a building that's 101 years old, an old home. So it's going to be a fascinating evening, but I always try to bring an educational aspect to everything that I do so people will leave with a knowledge of the paranormal but a factual knowledge, not something conjured into your brain to scare you and send you home hiding under the blankets. I like to try to educate and let people understand that, hey, the paranormal is 98% in your head. Mm -hmm. You're making it all up. You know, really, it it is true. Uh, It's the 2% that I look for of the total unknown. And that's what makes it really scary.
1: Cece, what's your take about the Amityville case?
2: Well, my take is I, um, I think entertainment value, it is awesome. Absolutely great entertainment value. Mm -hmm. But from a professional onset, I think there are a lot of discrepancies that need to be cleared up. And um, that would be some, that would be a really nice place. I would love to go down there and, uh, you know, and just pull the history, pull the facts, go back and forth with, you know, things change so much uh, when they start presenting the entertainment value of it. Like getting back to the exorcist, that was a case, There were four different exorcisms performed in a period of time, and then they wrote the book, and then they made the movie, and they they turned this Linda Blair into a girl. Well, obviously, she's a girl, but the actual prominent victim was a 14-year-old boy, not a girl, and so there's a lot of discrepancies when you come to the entertainment value of things. So it would be nice to get back to the facts.
1: So So I
2: think there are discrepancies. So
1: the exorcist in in reality was more of a um, poltergeist activity than it was demonic possession.
2: Uh, Well, you know what? I'm I'm just going to give a a little bit of a tidbit of of some of the footage that that I saw at the interview, and we're working on it. Um, They actually felt it was not a possession by the devil or a demon. It may have been a disciple of Hmm. the devil like that, but they don't feel it was 100% a demonic possession. Now, you are got to remember that spirits themselves can be really nasty, yep. because when you die, you assume the personality that you had when you were living. So if you were a jokester, or you're funny, or you were humorous, that's what you're going to be. Now, if you were an old woman who wasn't quite nice, that's probably what you're going to be. And some spirits are just plain mean, nasty, horrible human beings and that's what they are in death and that's what they believe might have been devil-like but not demonic because now now we're dealing with devils which are unhuman they're unhuman spirits they were never alive as a human being to cross over to be like a ghost or a spirit these are inhuman same thing with angels they're inhuman the whole whole different realm right there But that doesn't mean that a a very bad uh, ghost or spirit doesn't have devil-like qualities, and they need to be treated in the same manner. So there's a discrepancy in that particular thing. Father Gallagher talks a lot about, and that's what I'll be presenting, where they honestly felt that it really was not a demonic possession. But yet, through entertainment and all this stuff, the actual facts get so marred, you don't really know what's going on. So it's fun to, to have these events to educate people that, hey, look what really happened. Look what they did to it. And yeah. find the accuracies and, uh, and the differences between the two.
1: Cc, you and I have to take our final break. Uh, when we come back, okay. Cc and I will uh, do a wrap-up, and we'll also uh, take a look at the show that was today. So that's uh, coming up after this commercial break. Exonation, Cc Carol Carroll is our special guest this hour. Her website is www.ccthehuntress.com. That's alphabet C, alphabet C, thehuntress.com. My name's Rob McConnell. This is The XOne on the Talk Star Radio Network and The XOne Broadcast Network. We'll be back on the other side of this break with the one and only C.C. Carroll as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back. It's www.theexonestore.com Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. We started off with Dr. Shaw. Hour number two, Chris Schweitzer and I talked about parallel universes. Nora Novak and I discussed uh, Art Damaged in hour number three. And my final guest tonight is Cece Carroll and uh, her website is www.ccthehuntress.com Cece, uh, how can our listeners know whether or not the, the help that they're seeking, because, uh, you know, people uh, watch TV shows now and they, they, they see these crazy things happening and they say, oh my gosh, maybe my house is haunted. How can the listeners know who to go to and what should they, what should they look for in, in somebody that they're looking to help them with a paranormal problem that they believe they have?
2: I would, if they have a website, look at the website, see if they have any testimonies. Maybe you can contact a few of the people that that have spoken to these psychics. Um, There's also, you can go to, I know in the United States, there's a Better Business Bureau. And some places a psychic has to be licensed, so you can look into that as well. Also, first and foremost, use your gut intuition. You can tell just by hearing their voice or meeting them. If they're feeding you a line of um, bull and when you do meet with one uh, face to face, watch their eyes. Are they looking at you or are they looking away from you and looking all over the place? You know, it's important that they look, you know, straight at you because people that are lying look all over the place because they're looking for answers. They should know the answers and they should look directly at you. So use your instinct. If they're giving you ambivalent answers and just vague things that anybody could say, then probably that's not a good psychic. But if she's giving you intricate detail or telling you things that nobody else knows but you, then of course, that would be somebody that you'd want to stick with. So those would be the guidelines.
1: Cc, this hour has gone by so fast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great hey, pleasure talk, talking to you. Let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and where they can buy your book and give them your website.
2: They can uh, visit uh, com. And I just want to do a, one quick little shout-out that sure. we have a band called The Paranormal Stars. If you go to the group pages on Facebook, The Paranormal Stars. We're, uh, I teamed up with some of the guys from the Sci-Fi Channel. We're mm-hmm. having our first concert June 10th, and it will be televised. That's so something to look look into. We're all going to be singing and dancing.
1: All right, Cece, you take care of yourself. Great talking to you, and I look forward to the Thank next you so time you and I meet here in the X-Zone. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Cece Carol has been our guest to this hour. Her website, www.ccthehuntress.com. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. I want to thank my production staff here at the Exxon Radio and TV show and to all our affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your day or night, no matter where you are in this great big world of ours. As I say as often as I can, if you have a child at home, give them a hug, give them a kiss, let them know they are loved because the children of today are the leaders of tomorrow so until tomorrow night my friends just remember one very simple thing take care of each other and always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light good night now See your beer.
3: closing time you
1: don't have to go